Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, September 15th. Coming up, why some roads and intersections in Kansas City are so dangerous and what the city is trying to do about it. But first, some headlines. Kansas City Public Schools are kicking off a search for the district's next superintendent after the departure of longtime leader Mark Bedell. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The district announced Wednesday that it will hire a national firm to recruit candidates. The Board of Education appointed a three-member search committee to make recommendations to the full board. The district said the process will include opportunities to hear from students, families, and district staff. A decision is expected in early 2023. Dr. Jennifer Collier, a district educator for 22 years, is serving as interim superintendent for the 2022-23 school year. Local businesses say nearly all aspects of life in Kansas City could be affected if a rail worker's strike shuts down rail lines coming in and out of the metro. Shipping and logistics company KCI Intermodal uses rail to ship large storage containers of food, car parts, and appliances. Operations manager Sam Cruz says if the trains stop, so will the business, and shelves might be empty. We basically haul all sorts of things in these containers, so with the railroads not moving, that's going to affect pretty much everyone. U.S. Senator Jerry Moran of Kansas says a rail worker strike could disrupt the state's agricultural markets, especially for corn, soybeans, and grain sorghum shipped nationwide by train. Missouri officials say Medicaid applications are now being processed within the federally required 45-day window. The state previously had some of the longest processing times in the nation. KCUR's Noah Taborda has more. As part of a mitigation plan required by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Missouri officials say they have cleared a backlog of applications reported in August. The state's processing interval for new applications was 85 to 90 days at the time, compared to 115 days in June. Acting Director of the Department of Social Services Robert Nodell clarified to the Missouri Independent that applications older than 45 days remain, but in those instances, the department is awaiting additional information. The state has until September 30th to notify CMS that it is compliant with the 45-day window. If you've driven anywhere around Kansas City, you know the streets can be confusing and even dangerous, not just for cars, but for pedestrians and cyclists, too. Late last month, a member of the Kansas City Forum on Reddit posted a question. What is the most cursed intersection in Kansas City? Hundreds of people called out locations with no sidewalks, confusing lanes, banned left turns, and speeding drivers. KCUR reporters Salisa Kalakal and Savannah Hawley took a look at the list and looked into what Kansas City is doing to make those intersections safer. They're here with me to tell me what they found. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Namine. So, Savannah, according to the subreddit, what are the most hated intersections in Kansas City? So, out of hundreds of comments, there are about 40 roads that Redditors pointed out as dangerous or weird, and we picked the five least popular. So, there was East 39th Street and Gillum Road, um, Southwest Trafficway and West 39th Street, and then again on Southwest Trafficway, where it meets Westport Road and also 43rd and Bellevue. And then there was Roanoke Parkway, Bellevue Avenue, and Ward Parkway, a little further south. And then also Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, Cherry Street, and Rock Hill Road, that uh, three-road intersection there. 
Salisa, what makes these intersections dangerous? A lot of it is the way the intersection is designed. Uh, for one example, um, the intersection at 31st Street in Van Brunt, uh, it looks like a grid, like interlaced with like a cloverleaf shape. It looks super weird. Um, there's not a lot of protected left turns. In addition to that, uh, there's no safe crosswalks um, or even crosswalks at all. The stoplights are very confusing. Uh, we actually ran into Denise Brown, who had just gotten off the bus, and this is what she she had to say about, um, you know, frequently walking through this intersection and being faced with, you know, a risky decision. It's very scary because one thing with drivers here in Kansas City, they do not believe that pedestrians have the right of way when they're crossing and they'll hurry up and turn in front of you. Another problem that uh, people often mentioned when talking about dangerous intersections is speeding. So by not making the roads for all people, we've basically made them unsafe and we've made them very, very much for cars. Um, and this is something that uh, 4th District Councilman Eric Bunch uh, brought up a lot. We've established a culture here that in regards to traffic, the most important thing is moving vehicles quickly. And that has become the expectation. And that has come at the direct expense of safety of everyone, not just pedestrians and people on bikes, people waiting for the bus, but the people driving too. That kind of example is especially apparent on Southwest Trafficway, which cuts through uh, several residential neighborhoods and ends at that uh, awful triangle on uh, Westport Road and uh, Southwest Trafficway. It's essentially a six-lane highway that we treat as a road. And it's also a hotspot for a lot of car crashes. Uh, Savannah and I actually looked at some data and according to the Mid-America Regional Council, more than 100 crashes took place from 2016 to 2020. The most dangerous spot along Southwest Traffic Way was the intersection of Westport Road um, by the old Westport sign. It had nearly uh, 40 crashes in that same time period. And just overall looking at Kansas City, we average about 255 fatal car crash injuries every year from 2016 to 2020, um, and an average of more than 1,200 serious injuries uh, per year. So Savannah, how is Kansas City trying to address these dangerous intersections? Yeah, so the city has a number of plans working to target these infrastructure improvements. So they're working on um, improving and also just building sidewalks where there weren't any before, and that's under um, a geo bond that was passed um, a few years back through city council. And then they also are building more bike lanes um, and working on making those protected bike lanes as well so that people can um, use the, the streets for more than just driving um, throughout the city and trying to connect the city with these bike lanes. And then they're also working on, I'm sure um, everyone has noticed, resurfacing a lot of roads. Um, I think it's a few hundred miles per summer that they're working to resurface. And then, of course, there's the city's Vision Zero plan, which um, was recently passed by city council and has a goal of eliminating all traffic deaths by 2030 um, through like uh, changing the roads and also um, kind of limiting the driving lanes that are in the roads. So hypothetically changing Southwest Traffic Way from six lanes that it currently has now to maybe four or two um, and making those extra lanes that are no longer for driving for parking or bike lanes or extended sidewalks, things like that. Um, you can also see some of those improvements around the city right now. 
So along Gillum Road um, in Midtown, you'll see that there's uh, quite a few miles of protected bike lanes that cross through um, Gillum and East 39th Street, which is one of the other intersections that was on our list. Um, and the cycle track is part of the city's effort to uh, make those con- make those protected bike lanes that connect the city. This, this corridor is kind of a, a good connecting point from the downtown area to Midtown Westport Plaza, um, the, all of those areas that are a little bit more south. So, Salisa, how does the crowdsourced list of bad intersections compare with Vision Zero's plans? Yeah, so what we found is there actually is not a lot of overlap between the intersections that uh, residents think are terrible and what the city has actually identified for, uh, you know, future Vision Zero improvements. Um, But what Eric Bunch says is that Vision Zero improvements are based on data. So essentially looking at what intersections have the most crashes and then making them a lot safer. And also Abby Kinney, who's an urban designer at Multi-Studio, which is a local architecture and design firm, um, she works a lot on, on constructing roads or, or changing them and making urban design just a little bit better. And she says that sometimes weird intersections can actually be a lot safer. Um, for instance, those road diets that we were talking about under Vision Zero, where they limit the amount of driving lanes on the road, um, makes more protected spaces for pedestrians, cyclists, people who aren't driving to enjoy the city. And she hopes that more weird or abnormal intersections like those um, come into city design. If you look at cities that were built before cars, they're filled with weird intersections. What makes them dangerous is trying to overlay the ability to move what are essentially just giant machines through them very quickly. So Savannah, what's next for Kansas City? How much can we expect roads to change? So while there are a lot of these plans to make the roads safer, all of those city um, city plans that we talked about, um, residents and advocates really just want there to be safer places now. Um, and there are a few. But um, Sungup Kim, who's an urban, a professor of urban planning at uh, UMKC, says that we need to rethink streets entirely. So it's not just about fixing one corridor or one road that has a lot of accidents. Because um, according to him, if you change, let's say, Southwest Traffic Way, uh, maybe we change that road completely, um, the surrounding roads will get more dangerous because more people will then opt to go to a a neighboring road instead. And so according to Kim, he says that, you know, we need to kind of make this a citywide effort and, and kind of change our thinking and culture around cars entirely. So while there are all these changes in the work, some people still see the need for more and to make it, you know, a much wider effort. Um, and so those advocates hope that that changes like that might be underway soon. Savannah Holly and Salisa Kalakal are reporters at KCUR. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Namin. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Savannah and Salisa's story on road safety at kcur.org, where you can also find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at how sports betting is going in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to Kansas City Today. This daily news podcast brings you the top news in Kansas City each weekday morning, and it's only possible thanks to you. As a nonprofit news station, KCUR relies on individual donations to make this podcast. So we don't depend on advertisers. We depend on you. 
If you haven't already, you can support our work with a donation at kcur.org support. And thank you.